0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome one and all, it's NFL Draft Bibles Draft Digest, brought to you by All Access Football. I'm your host, Joe Everett, uh, Director of College Scouting, over there at the Bible. You can go there today, enjoy your premium NFL Draft coverage, bringing you the names you need to know of college football since 2002. Uh, right here, we've got our, our, our usual, we're a day early. We've been going every Thursday, day early out there because the boss man's out in L.A. at the NFLPA game. We've got our small school guru, Christian Shanafelt, down in St. Pete getting the job done for the Shriners in the the East-West Shrine game. And then next week, that's right, the Coup de Gras Senior Bowl, we will be on uh, down in Mobile, uh, yours truly, me and my cameraman on the scene, Tom Everett, going to be bringing you live interviews, practice reports, the latest, the greatest, you name it. We got it going on for you. But today it is that Senior Bowl, who to watch matchups to preview, we're going to cover the Shrine game, the NFLPA, and our underclassmen report. That's right, we set a record, so you know with a record-setting group, we've got some terrible decisions, not just bad ones, some good decisions, some some surprises flat out, and then who stayed, I think, is the biggest aspect of, uh, of what some of these teams are going to look like last year. Talking to you, Clemson fans, you got a big boost, but uh, before we go anywhere else, on the line, it's uh, our main man out on the scene. Boots on the ground out west, uh, Justin Gamble. Uh, how you doing out there, Justin? You ready for this show, Graham?
0: I'm pumped and ready to go as usual, buddy. You know it.
1: can't believe we're already here uh the, the the big boss man says he's calling in at, at any second but that's not going to stop us just and uh we got a schedule to keep we got some senior bowlers to get to and i guess we better Ooh. kick it right off before we do anything Dude, else i love um, this
0: roster i love the senior bowl roster this year it yeah. is it is fantastic
1: it's one of the best I've seen in years. I've been going for a lot of seasons, and, and one thing that sticks out, just I don't remember there ever being a quarterback group like this. The the one downside so I don't want to see eight of them down there. It's hard to get reps. You know, practice is only so long, so that's like the, 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 the downside of it. But the good side is this, I don't remember there being a, a great quarterback group like this, especially those two at the top, man.
0: No, I mean, usually we get a lot of guys that, uh potentially could work their way into day two or, you know, solid round two, round three guys. But we got Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield down there just throwing darts, dude. This is going to be, I mean, this is going to be record setting because all eyes are going to be on those two. Every single throw they make will be scrutinized. Every single play they make will be scrutinized. You know, the the scouts are going to be buzzing about Josh Allen looking super sexy and tall and with that strong arm. And then you got little Baker Mayfield out there. But you know Baker's going to bring the heat. He is a competitor, and he's going to be – every single good throw Josh Allen makes, he's going to try and one-up it. You know what I mean? He's going to be that guy competing with everybody, talking smack. So, dude, I I just cannot wait for this. So I wish I could be down there this year, but I'm going to be watching from my TV at home, so I'll be comfortable on my couch.
1: <laughs> no, no whipping winds down in the Mobile Bay area, but it is – I mean, tickets to the gun show, darts will be thrown, and – Speaking of the gun show out west, uh, we've got the RIC out there. What what up, Rick? What's what's life like in L.A.? Uh,
2: Gentlemen, you know, I apologize. Uh, A little bit on the run. It's been a busy, jam-packed week. And and, uh, in the lift on my way over to the Rose Bowl right now uh, for day three, we had a little weather situation where, you know, uh, I'm not complaining too much that I have to spend another couple days out here in California, get a couple more practices in, but you know, just listening to the Senior Bowl conversation you guys were having, you know, it's funny. I I, I got pretty good access. You know, I'm I'm really the the only media out here covering the NFLPA, surprisingly, and you know, I'm roaming the field and and talking to the scouts and you know over. You know, with with two scouts, where you know one scout doesn't he doesn't like Baker Mayfield at all, and the other guy thinks you know he's a franchise quarterback. He studied five games from this past season and thinks he's a first round pick. So it's funny the the scouts are having the same conversations uh, that we're debating here on the podcast, and people are debating on Twitter as well.
1: No, it's it's, it's no. I mean, you're gonna find people that are just on the other side of Mayfield, and then you're going to find some like me where i I'd be glad I'm, I'm not just banging the table. I'm jumping on top of the table for this guy. I mean, I see a deadly accurate passer, totally mobile. He's not a stiff. He just makes things happen. And, like, also extending plays. I mean, I think that just can't be understated in what you see from guys like uh, Russell Wilson, guys like Carson Wentz. I think Mayfield just brings that and I, I I don't know I know scouting doesn't break down to this guys but if you've got two minutes left in a game you got to pick one of these rookie passers boy it'd be tough for me not to pick Mayfield uh, <laughs> just to have that last uh, second and what he could do on the field it's uh, yeah I'm definitely looking forward to the week for that but also the other aspect of this and bounce this off you fellas I love Mayfield being down there Josh Allen being down there a lot of uh, big cachet where I'm going to be sneaking around interviewing guys like Mo Hurst I'm going to be sneaking around interviewing Justin's boy Rashad Evans so I'm very glad that there's going to be a lot of bright lights for the moths to get sucked up while uh the draft guy will be interviewing first rounders and as far as top rank guys man I think outside of those QBs Mo Hurst so for uh, the Evans, who, who Justin's been speaking of banging the table, I've, I've watched that that game against Georgia. Some of those pass rushing moves he's breaking out, the speed. It's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm having a tough time believing Evans in the first rounder, dude.
2: Well, yeah, that's Justin's guy. He's been, he's been tooting that horn for a long time, and. You know, Joe and Justin, I I appreciate you guys holding it down While I was late to the uh, dance once again here Put my co-host on the spot But we're just going to reset real quickly here R.I. saying the place to be You heard it here first NFL Draft Bible Radio Rick Saratella, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble Breaking it down, bringing you the names you need to know For since 2002 Check us out, nfldraftbible.com It's what we do, baby Um, So, yeah, we've got this Senior Bowl conversation That I'm jumping into the middle here Uh... Justin, any final thoughts on the senior bowl here, or should we move on?
0: There is a few guys that I maybe just wanted to gloss over real quick. Um, It's weird this year because there's a lot of players that kind of we don't know what they are yet. Um, Braxton Berrios, the slot receiver from Miami, I'm curious how fast he is. I'm curious if he can play more than just the slot, if he can be um, a guy that really stretches the field. Kind of, I want to see what he can do. DJ Shark, the wide receiver from LSU, is he a one-trick pony? Is he just a deep threat who runs in the four threes? Or can he show off a full route tree? Can he show off the hands at the intermediate level? Um, Kalen Bellage, the running back from Arizona State, I don't know what he is. He's been miscast his whole career there, but he's a big dude with speed and athleticism and power. Can he show that? Can he run between the tackles? Um, can he be a David Johnson in the NFL? because he certainly has the skill set, but I just don't know if he knows he has the skill set. Um, Kamoko Toure, the outside linebacker defensive end from Rutgers, where's he been the last few years? He is a stud athlete and a great pass rusher, um, but will we see that in Mobile? Will he show off what made him, you know, a projected top two-rounder a few years ago? Um, and then, you know, Jaymon Moore, Jamon Moore, the wide receiver from Missouri, played with Drew Locke, put up some good numbers, but overall I feel like he's flying under the radar, but that's a talented kid. He's quick, he's tall, he's long, he's rangy, Um, super athletic. He makes things happen after the catch. He fights cornerbacks, safeties. You know, what is he going to do down there? Is he going to dominate? Is he going to kind of hide? Will he emerge as a top guy? I remember what last year Matt Miller was talking about him possibly being a first-rounder, and this year you don't hear anything. Granted, that's Matt Miller, but – I'm just kind of curious where some of these guys that have been flying under the radar super hard, where are they? what are they going to do down in Mobile? Because they definitely have the talent, and uh, are they going to show that? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of
2: guys there with more questions than answers. And, uh, you know, the one guy you mentioned, the Komoko Dragon, Komoko Terre. obviously he received a high preseason grade, and I don't know why, but, you know, the bottom line is I know what he is. He hasn't done anything. He's been MIA on the back of a milk carton for the past five years. You know, he had a couple blocked kicks early on in his career, but the guy just can't put it together. Five years, you can't win a starting job, you know, at Rutgers. Then, you know, I don't I don't see you being successful in the NFL. In fact, I'll even go as far to say that Sebastian uh, Joseph, the defensive tackle, who is the MVP of the Tropic Bowl, by the way, is a better pro prospect than Kamoko Ture. So I guess we'll just have to wait out the process and see how that goes. But, um, some interesting players, Balazs I think is a guy that can definitely be a much better, um, pro player than a collegiate player. And he's kind of got some Garrison Hurst speed going on there. So, uh, that's a guy that I'm really intrigued by, uh, Joe, any other thoughts on the senior bowl roster here?
1: Yeah, players to keep an eye on. Dallas Goddard. Uh, we've got we've been on him for a while. I know a lot of people's, but I'm putting him up as the top tight end. If he has a big week, uh, it's just going to be hard not to put him over guys like Gasicki and just this whole tight end group's going to be nice. Uh, Ian Thomas to that mix. Nine Finger Fumagalli. My boy Jordan Akins uh, from Central Florida has just been added. Uh, Adam Brenneman, Conklin, Smythe. I mean, this this whole group is pretty banging. That's a a solid T group. And then uh, Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh, uh, another underclassman that will be at the event. What an athlete he is, the tight end recruit out of high school. A little surprised he came out, but he's already graduated. I, I guess he's as ready as he's going to be. His stock isn't as high, so maybe he could help himself this week. Um, and then Marcus Davenport, you know, we were having those early conference calls this year, Rick, and that's the guy you brought up, and I started like, jeez, he's a freak. Uh, that he's just so long, and that's that's another guy who could come away from this week and just really make themselves some money because of, you know, what he does, and just by the apples-to-apples apples comparison, he is longer. Geez, he does have a better first step than this Power 5 guy. So, uh, them and them. I, you know, I love those big receivers, guys. Uh, let's see what we get out of Jaleel Scott from New Mexico State, the big six foot six kid. He's a jump ball specialist. Uh, we're going to find out exactly how fast he is, but, It'll be fun to watch a big basketball type uh, in one-on-ones like that. Uh, What a magic senior season he's had. Let's see if he can keep keep the run going. So hoping for good things for Jaleel Scott.
2: Yeah, you know, and Jaleel is going to have some uh, questions to answer, I believe, behind closed doors, hearing there's some off-the-field baggage there. So uh, the interview process is going to be big for him, and that could dictate where he goes come April now. Marcus Davenport I don't see how this guy escapes the first round. He's a first-round talent all the way. And I know Noah Spence, I think, went at the top of the second round, but I think Marcus Davenport is going to come in and have a Noah Spence kind of week at the senior ball. And, Joe, every time you say nine-finger fumagali, baby, you make me want to do the rain dance. But, uh, (laughs) hey, (laughs) some good names to uh, keep an eye on here. And uh, finally – it's all coming to fruition. Uh we've been following these guys for the past, you know, 8 months or so and tracking them and and we'll have to update the big board o- over on the NFL Draft Bible uh website. So it's just interesting to see, you know, how guys in the Tropic Bowl, we the Senior Bowl and uh you know, it's it's always fun to watch how this all-star process Unfolds because, quite honestly, let's be realistic here with, with all the underclassmen who we'll talk about in a second. I don't know if we got a final tally. I know it's a record setting number. Figure about 75 of those guys get drafted. You know, say 100 guys from the Senior Bowl get drafted. There's 175 slots right there. Um, you know, figure 50 guys from the East West Run game, 225, only 250 are getting drafted so uh I think it's it's cool to see how this, these these uh day three priority free agents can really you know move up and down that that draft board so uh that's the time of year we're in of course uh we'll be on location in Indianapolis too for the n f l scouting combine where you'll get some more moving and shaking on the draft board but uh I think that about wraps up our our a uh, senior bowl conversation. So uh, bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, we are multitasking on the fly uh, on a new time Wednesday. We had to uh, move it forward. I think it is a Wednesday anyway. So um, again, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, Rick ever here on NFL draft Bible radio talking draft. Let's uh, let's shift gears. Now. I know uh, we were trying to have Chris Shanafelt come on and talk about some of the East West shrine game. Of course, he's down in St. Pete right now. I'll add my thoughts on the NFL PA collegiate bowl later on in the show. Let's shift gears to underclassmen guys and uh again, a record number. I don't know if any of you guys have been able to track down and confirm an official number of how many underclassmen have declared. But uh the one guy I'd like to get your thoughts on, I think we've probably discussed him on the show before, but you know, shout shout out to the draft show, Brian Broaddus and Dan Brugler and uh Dave Hellman, I believe. that's just a great show to listen to and get some insight. Of course, uh, Brodus has been, you know, with the Cowboys organization a long time, 25 years as a scout, uh, working with Gil Brandt, the godfather. But, uh, the interesting conversation they had was Christian Kirk. Is he a slot? And if so, is he worth a first round grade? Let's toss that around first and then we'll get to good decision, bad decision. Uh, started off with you, Justin, Christian Kirk, first round talent, and uh slot guy or outside?
0: I don't really think that's a first-round talent, especially in this class when you have so many guys with higher ceilings and are just straight bigger and, you know, positional value. He's, to me, it's not a bad thing, but he's maybe a supercharged Jarvis Landry where he's, you know, quite a bit faster than Jarvis, uh, maybe not as tough, maybe not as great of a hands catcher. But, you know, he's that guy. You get him the ball, he's going to make plays. He can still stretch the field a little bit. But I, on tape, I never saw the 4-3 or even 4-4 four, four flat guy that, you know, everyone talked about coming out of high school or even still. Um, I, I just worry. I don't see him being able to consistently beat um, corner, you know, teams number one and number two cornerbacks outside on the boundary. I don't see a guy that can work that well with limited space. And still get enough separation, and still be big enough, and you know, athletic enough to make plays on the ball like we would expect from a you know boundary receiver. It, it seems like he's that guy that you would want in the slot because he's great, he's quick, he's great, he's great at giving himself space and making plays after the catch. I just feel like if you did ask him to play outside, you're limiting what you're able to do with him. Um, and then you have to ask yourself, okay, he's a slot receiver for us. Is, a, is that really worth a first round pick? I don't see it. I just, especially in this receiver class or in this class overall with so many other positions that are super deep. And we've seen, you know, Adam Thielen was undrafted, came from a D2 school. Why? If you do your scouting work, there are a lot of wide receivers that you can take in later rounds that have skill sets similar to Kirk's that you can turn into stars. Um, and for me, I have a tough time taking running backs and taking receivers super high, unless they are just straight-up generational talents. And, and to me, Kirk is not that for a lot of reasons.
2: Before I go over to Jeff, Justin, uh, with that being said, I think feel Calvin Ridley's a first-round guy. Is is there going to be one wide receiver that goes in the first round, or is there
0: somebody else? Eesh, yeah. um, <laughs> put me on the spot. Right now, I think Calvin Ridley might be the only guy. Uh, You know, Cortland Sutton got a lot of buzz earlier, but I don't see that. I think Cortland Cortland Sutton's going to bomb the combine, and I don't think a lot of other guys that are physically gifted enough to go in the first round have proven enough to go in the first round. I think Calvin Ridley might be at this point the only guy that um, we know enough about and we've seen dominate enough to go in the first round. And, you know, Calvin Ridley, for some reason, it's like, I keep hearing from certain people like he's not as good as you think. I don't I don't get that. He's amazing. There's nothing this guy can't do. Um and I, I think he's, you know, he's older, but he's 100% a first-rounder and I think right now yeah, he's the only guy worth going worth taking that high.
2: All right, Joe, your thoughts on the wide receivers here um, you know, can Christian Kirk make a a, a Deon Deshaun Jackson type of impact? in that slot I think Deshaun Jackson went in the first round and he was a slot guy and do you see Kirk playing the boundary at the next level or do you see him in the slot as well? And 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 just to follow up on the wide receiver class here, is there another guy in that first round consideration?
1: Well yeah, a lot to unwrap it. First off Kirk if he shows up and runs a four three eight, four three five, he's gonna pull a Will Fuller and be a first rounder. But Remains to be seen. I agree that uh, his strengths, his game, you want to put him in the slot. Take advantage of what he does well. Um, I think it's just not worth a first-rounder now because his draft stock's not there. There's been too many peaks and valleys—the values, the produ- or valleys, uh, the production, you know, that we just haven't seen it week in, week out. He's a really good player, not a great player right now. So I think right now, he's the first-rounder, you just spend it on another Uh, different position, different need, and and hope to get a receiver that's kind of the same ilk a little bit later. Uh, But, yeah, I kind of like Kirk in the slot. And as far as this whole group goes, what's unfortunate is this whole junior class had a bad year. Um, There was about four guys (laughs) that had a shot. Antonio Callaway, my boy from Florida, Deion Kane from Clemson, Calvin Ridley from Alabama, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, Notre Dame, all juniors, and all of them had terrible junior years. Uh, Kane especially I think played his way right out of the first round sure quarterback change but there was just a bunch of drops concentration laps and then we don't have to get into Antonio Callaway Uh, Ridley I think it's just quarterback production different that scheme offensive coordinator changes and then uh, Brown it's clearly quarterback production at Notre Dame so if there's anybody that's in the first round it's Ridley uh, due to the track record I mean who shows up day one in Tuscaloosa and just leads the team in receiving? And Oh, yeah, yeah, he's the best receiver. He's 19 or, or whatever. He's 20. Uh, point being, um, I think it's Ridley. Uh, I think it's E.Q. Brown that's the guy that profiles as the outside that's the guy who will test well and if you look at his route tree he's really coached well I think whoever drafts him is getting a pretty polished up kid so maybe he's not a first round but boy he's he, he's worthy of consideration I think people really have to do some digging on EQ St. Brown but uh, yeah I'd probably give it to Ridley if there is a first rounder but uh, same kind of analysis on Christian Kirk that this whole class could be said. It's just, it's a good class. It's just not great at the top.
2: All right. I, I dig the wide receiver conversation. We're walking into the historic Rose bowl as we speak uh, to get underway day three of the NFL PA collegiate bowl, but we're talking underclass right? good decision, bad decision. And you know, that EQ St. Brown, some of those acrobatic catches that he makes, I mean, it almost reminds me of uh, Plexico Burris coming out of Michigan State a little bit with the same kind of size and and the ability to run. So uh, that could be a dark horse candidate here that you're not talking a lot of first – you know, you're not hearing a lot of first-round buzz around him. Maybe you are. But I think a guy that's going to rise up boards, I agree with Joe on that. So, all right. Underclassmen, good decision, bad decision We've been doing this for the past few weeks A bunch of underclassmen have been declaring each and every week So we've been kind of gauging The radar in terms of who's Been making a good decision and who's been making A bad decision Uh, Joe, let's keep it with you Uh, Good decision, bad decision You can get get right into the both Of them if you want and uh, take it away
1: Well, real quick, Raquan Smith Good job, kid. Great season. You're going to be a first-rounder. There's no other way to go. His teammate, the defensive tackle, Trent Thompson, uh, I think had a great championship game. He's going to parlay that into a very high draft pick. So those two Georgia kids that just came out at the end, a uh, good decision. The bad ones, Kyle Allen from Houston. I mean, I know you wasn't going to get any more run, but, like, uh, why don't you transfer down to FCS, play right away little production out there maybe and also join a lesser QB class whereas this one's so loaded at the top it's so deep Kyle Allen wow, that's just a bad decision and then I don't know who JJ Dallas from New Louisiana Monroe is the corner uh, the good on you kid uh, I I have to look you up then chances are you might not be getting drafted too highly I mean, if he does get drafted at all that one and then a surprise there Chase Linton. Shocked. Uh, there's a flooded quarterback market again. I'm, I'd like the kid. Uh, he's got some good games out there. But uh, of all the years and, and, you know, thinking about who you're coming with, I don't know if that was the most well-thought-out decision by Chase Litton and Marshall. He'll still get drafted. But, um, you know, that that one I don't I, – and then I, I think we need to focus some on guys that stayed and that were great decisions. Uh, just last week I was on here talking about Cleveland Farrell – how great he is and how he should be a top five pick. Well, not only he's going back, Christian Wilkins going back, Austin Bryant going back, that whole Clemson defensive line is intact for uh, uh, 2018. So great job by Dabo Sweeney recruiting yet again. It's not just the high school kids. He's recruiting his own. So I think that was just uh, a slam dunk there. And then the the, dog close it out with the West Virginia duo. Uh, David Sills the wide receiver and then Greer coming back I think that was just a uh, good football they're not going to get drafted highly anyways you got a great thing going there uh, with uh, Dana Holgerson's offense I think that Sills and Greer are poised for a really big season next year so uh, good for them returning to school I think that's I think that's for the best and as far as good decisions it's not just the guys that come out into the draft it's the guys that you know wisely uh, go back to school and 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 go just keep a good thing going
2: yeah you know uh, Christian Wilkins uh, taking out the insurance policy to return a lot of people thought he could be a top 10 potential pick so um, he will go the Lloyds of London route and, and take out that insurance policy but yeah definitely Uh, Some head scratchers and some intriguing guys, and the quarterback class is getting cloudy. Uh, Some very questionable decisions there from some guys that Joe Everett just mentioned. Let's shift over to Justin Gamble, always dropping a hammer on him. Uh, Justin, good decision, bad decisions this week uh, for underclassmen.
0: Well, real quick, to piggyback off what Joe said about the Clemson kids, um, we've been talking about them a lot. I know we talked about Farrell last week, and we talked about Wilkins, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever. Um, But what I heard is neither of them received a first-round grade from the uh, NFL committee. So that is why they both opted to return because they felt like, you know, clearly those are two first-round talents, but the fact that the NFL didn't feel or the committee didn't feel that they were, you know, worthy of first-round grades um, says something. I think it shows that there's a lot maybe missing from their games at this point. And the funny thing is, is like as a staff, we've all talked about that. Farrell has some things that he needs to work on. Wilkins kind of really never put it all on tape, what he actually is, what he can do. Um, and so I think that was a good decision. I, you know, next year, go back, blow it up, absolutely dominate as a, as a crew. I mean, there, there's four first, you know, possible first-rounders on that Clemson D-line. Um, so that's, that's kind of exciting to see. Cause like we, we've talked about Wilkins with no clue what he is, no clue what he can do, but let's see it next year on tape. Um, real quick then for my guys, um, what Joe said too, about, you know, we got to focus on some of these guys returning, um, CC Jefferson, the defensive end from Florida, he returned to school. And I thought that was a good choice because on tape, this kid is fantastic. Um, he's got the burst, the bend. He's a, an amazing pass rusher. He's just a bull in a China shop there. He wins with speed. He wins with power. There's kind of just nothing he can't do. He's a violent player, but you know, Florida had a bad year. He wasn't really showcased on tape a whole lot because they're always down. They're always defending the run. They're kind of just getting beat up all game. But with Dan Mullen coming in, bringing in some new guys on that staff, uh, maybe he can kind of rejuvenate CC Jefferson, uh, Jabari Zaniga, uh, Polite, the other defensive end on that, on that defense. And maybe those three can have just a big year and kind of all vault themselves up the draft boards. Um, and another good decision for me, for, you know, declaring Naheem Hines the running back from NC State. Uh, I've heard from a few draft nicks and a few scouts that this kid might go higher than, the, you know, than anyone has talked about. He's a former track star, 5'9", about 200 pounds. He averaged 5.6 yards a carry this year. He had 12 touchdowns. He had 26 receptions. He's put it all on tape. He's you know, shown the track speed on, on tape as well. He could go a lot higher, well, I think, once people start digging in, once the scouts really get to that NC State tape. Um, and I liked what I saw from him, too. He shows the speed for sure. Bryce Love returns. Now, I, I kind of want to get you guys' a take on this because I know he's going for a big degree. He's a smart kid. He is working on something special off the field in his other career. But I feel like, you know, after the year he had this year, the stats that he put up and also getting banged up and having some ankle injuries and all that stuff as a running back who's undersized. Was it a smart move realistically, if he wants to play football for him to return, because he would have been a decent high draft pick. You guys have anything to comment on that?
2: I do. Uh, you know, first off the NC state kid is just really explosive and on special teams as well. I think he had a couple of returns for a touchdown. I mean, you talk about a guy that you can just use in, in, in a, just an array of ways, uh, uh, almost, you know, kind of like the Ohio State kid that came out and went in the second round to the Panthers. We didn't really see him do much this year. But, you know, um, with with Bryce Love, it's funny. Somebody said, you know, he don't deserve the Stanford degree if he's dumb enough to go back and, and, and pass up the money. But, you know, it's true because, you know, I don't care what degree you're working on. Uh, the fact that, you know, guys like Bucky Brooks were touting you as a first-round guy tells me that, you know, other – talent evaluators might agree with that assessment, and you know, no matter what job you get in your life, you're not going to make as much as a uh, first-round draft pick in the NFL, so I thought that was a dumb decision. Um, Joe, your thoughts?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the influence is, uh, like, he's a little too smart for his own good. He's got some degree working, and uh, maybe he's just seeing K.J. Costello. They finally have a little bit of a quarterback answer there. The offense could improve, but, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't get it. Uh, You built up so much hype on that Heisman run. Why not capitalize off of that? And just the position, as we've always talked about on this show, and just I think everybody kind of just plays that theme because it's so true. Like, you just have so few reps in you at that position of running back. Yeah, I don't understand why Bryce wouldn't just kind of capitalize off that, like I said. All
2: right, so uh, Bryce Love making a bad decision. Uh, Any other guys you have for us, Justin?
0: Why did Jordan Lashley declare from UCLA? I know he had a huge year with Josh Rosen, (laughs) but on tape, he is absolutely undraftable. There is not one thing that I feel like he really translates to the NFL. He's small. He doesn't have great hands. His routes were terrible and sloppy. He's not that physically gifted. I hate to harp on the kid and just attack him right now. But uh I wanted to be quick with it. I, I just I can't understand why he declared. I mean, maybe he knows that there's you know it's not gonna get better next year with Rosen out and everything, but when I saw his name on the decla- on the declares list I, I just was dumbfounded, like what are you doing? You're not gonna get drafted, you're not gonna make it on a squad, but I'm sorry. That's mean, it's just the way it's just the way it goes. <laughs> well, you didn't do him any favors just now. <laughs>
2: Anybody listening it, to man. the show? <laughs> well, you know, there you have it. Oh, he's it, a mess, you though. Know, <laughs> you yeah. know, he's uh, he he's um, gonna be an interesting case study, and you know, a couple of big games there down the stretch, and uh, you know, maybe as I sit here in the in the bleachers right now and soak in some of this Cali sunshine, maybe it's the sun. Is just affecting his thinking. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, too much of this Cali son can screw up your mind. I, I, can, I can attest to that. But um, we're keeping it moving and we're keeping it grooving. We're keeping it funky fresh because that's what we do here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. And it's the best damn podcast around when you want to talk NFL draft. In my honest opinion anyway So uh, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio iTunes um, NFLDraftBible.com Do us a favor Like it, share it Talk, you know, tell somebody You know, tell somebody to tell somebody Tell a friend to tell a friend We appreciate it And uh, otherwise, you know, NFLDraftBible.com Is on fire I mean, we've been uh, just blasting Scouting reports out there each and every day Blowing up the Twitterverse Uh you know, it's just been fantastic and, and all the great feedback, uh, positive and negative. We love it all. So keep it coming. Of course, you can always follow everything we do on Twitter at NFL draft Bible. Uh, you know, Justin's at GAM scout and Joe is at Joe W. Everett. So that's how you can find us. And, uh, that's who's talking right now. Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, Rick Saratella here on the NFL draft Bible radio show, uh, the deadline date has passed. It's January 17th. We are roughly 10 weeks or so to the 2018 NFL Draft down in Dallas, Texas. How exciting is that? Now, I don't know if we're going to get Chris Shanafelt, who's down in St. Petersburg, uh, for the East-West Rhine game. Joe, I don't know if you had a chance to check out any of the Shrine Game rosters. Any thoughts on the game? Any uh, opinions on the players?
1: Oh yeah, I've been keeping my ear to the ground, uh, and uh, two of the guys I was really hoping would uh, take advantage this week have uh, hearing good things out of Devonte Harris. Kind of never in doubt. Uh, Easy to call him a war room favorite. I guess he's just shining down in Florida. And then the local boy done good, Deidre and Sinat, uh, real presence. I'm hearing all the South Florida kids are having a good week. No surprise. They play their games right down the street. Uh, The one that really needs to be brought up is uh, Brett Toth, the Army tackle, probably doing uh, really well, manhandling rushers at West practice. Uh, I read that he put – Oh, one of the, the, one of those tackles in the dirt, uh um, It'll come to me, uh, you know, right after we finish the show. But what's interesting about Toth is, you know, it's, he's he's overall he doesn't use those traditional sets that cut block and triple option offense at Army. It's a lot different. So uh, the, the the coaching he's going to get here is is going to be key because he's going to be also at the at the uh, Senior Bowl next week. So he's definitely uh, he's already turning heads in Florida. I think he's just going to really have a nice solid couple weeks. Uh, Hopefully he stays healthy because, like, just uh, it's another guy. I believe uh, a high school tight end. So there's going to be a lot of coaches, almost no matter what he does, all up in his grill wanting to work with him because they know the the tools are there. They just want to get the feet synced up and actually see what they got on their hands. So he's been a, a real interesting guy. And and then one thing that makes me smile ear, ear to ear. Uh, the Jeff Badette uh, Oklahoma, that's another guy early in the season. I had read about him. I think he's a Juco kid, but just a runner. Yet, uh, a well, big surprise, another one of these Oklahoma receivers that can run all day long. Well, I guess that's what he's up to down there. And then last receiver, Deshaun Hamilton. I've read nothing but glowing reports out of the Penn State receiver. Uh, apparently, day one, day two, he just cannot be covered. He's catching everything in sight, so... Uh, good on you, Deshaun Hamilton. That's, uh looks like he's really taking this week and running away with it.
2: Yeah, and like we said, uh, our guy Chris Shanafelt down there, and, and uh, he's posting updates, live Twitter feed updates, uh, at Chris Shanafelt. Uh You can find him, of course, the NFL Draft Bible's re- retweeting his stuff. And, you know, it's been uh, – It's been tough to keep up at the NFLPA, you know, without the familia here and and attacking it like we usually do as a team, gentlemen, it's just been so tough to do the scouting and the video. And and we've got some really cool stuff coming uh, in terms of behind the scenes interviews and and video recaps and scouting analysis. So it's it's taken me a lot longer than I would have liked, but I guarantee you we are going to have some great, great top Notch stuff and, and some great analysis coming on the way. Like I said, we're the only media outlet out here covering the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, and uh, it's, it's really a lot of great talent out here. So, with that being said, I'll just share some of my thoughts here with you guys, and uh, first off, the coaching staffs are just incredible. I mean, uh, Mike Martz and Daryl Green are the two head coaches this year. Uh, Mike Martz is bringing in all the heavy hitters from his Rams days, uh Jackie Slaters here coaching the O-line and uh Torrey Holt is the wide receivers coach. Ray Rice and Lamont Jordan are, are coaching up the running backs and uh you know, our guy Daytrez Newsom from uh, Western Carolina, he's working uh with with Ray Rice and Lamont Jordan as is DeMario Richard from Arizona State. Um, just and even John Kitna man Kitna is out here working with your boy Justin uh, Austin Allen who's you know looking pretty good so far but the guy that's really catching my attention is this Peter Pujols from uh, Holy Cross Uh, wait till the video comes out on him I mean he's just looking really fluid uh, solid footwork uh, has nice touch on his passes and I gotta be honest, this Peter Pooljo's you know, if you took the Holy Cross sticker off the helmet and, and and him and Austin Allen standing side by side, I mean, they are really uh neck and neck in terms of performance out here and you know, Logan Woodside is actually the third stringer. He's he's kind of like the third wheel uh on the national team quarterback side of things. And then, you know, over on the American side where where Dow Green is the head coach, you got um John O'Korn, you know, uh, the transfer from Houston over at Michigan. And, you know, I, I mean, I just don't see a pro signal caller. And he's, you know, been rolling out, throwing okay on the run. It's just the the accuracy and inconsistency issues are just showing up all over the field. Uh, Luis Perez, Texas A&M Commerce, you know, he's a guy that I'm going to have to dig into a little bit more today. I haven't been able to really keep a close eye on him too much, but they call him the most interesting man in the draft. And I'm looking forward to really dedicating my eyes on him today. And uh, Ken Hill from TCU, uh, Thrill the Hill. Uh, Quite honestly, early impressions, it's only two days of practice. But Ken Hill has been the best-looking quarterback out here so far. Um, Of course, we have a few days of practice to go and, uh, of course, the game. Now, um, wide receivers are interesting because – You've got guys like Austin Prohl out here from from North Carolina, Keith Kirkwood uh, from Temple, the Hawaii transfer, uh, along with his teammate Adonis Jennings. Uh, Actually, Temple has three players with uh, Sean Chandler, who we've spoken about. So uh, Temple head coach Jeff Collins in attendance had a chance to speak with him about those guys. Uh, Brandon Shedd from Hobart, the D3 wideout. You know, it's going to be a make it or break it week for him out here on the field and, you know, just keep it on the offensive theme. Uh, Marcus ball from Ohio state, you know, uh, an athletic guy, but a couple drops out here. I I just don't see a polished player. I think he's a developmental player, Uh, you know, solid size. So, you know, a team will probably take a chance on him. I'm not sure he gets drafted, but one guy rising up the draft board is this Western Kentucky uh, tight end Dion Yelder. He's got great size and, you know, really didn't play too much the first few games of the season, and then just burst onto the scene uh, like a flamethrower. Just Dion Yelder, just a big-bodied, athletic tight end out here. Now, um, before I switch over to the defensive side of the ball, anybody have any thoughts on some of the players I mentioned? No. Okay. Booze. Oh,
1: yeah. No, with Pujols, the one thing I will agree, if, if he had the uh, Power Five helmet on, maybe if he's got the Arkansas sticker on there instead of Holy Cross, people would be talking about him a whole lot different, and that's just, boy, that's the, it never fails, so, oh, well, Holy Cross, now I'm thinking differently, but yeah, clearly the better quarterback, and it makes sense. Kenny Hill, I mean, the guy has an arm and, 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 you know, uh, seven on sevens, these skeleton drills and stuff like that. The one-on-ones he's, this is an event that he, he better be looking good at this or it's over.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right. So a couple other guys there also on the offensive line, I'd be uh, remiss if I omitted, you know, the East coast bully club, Alex officer, uh, you know, the scouts, they know he, that he trains at parabolic performance. You know, talking to some of these guys, I just can't believe that a 350-pound center can move like that. So uh, I'm glad to see him doing well out here. And then, you know, Ben Huss from Duquesne, uh, we've talked about him, too, uh, just an undersized, feisty, Kyle Friend kind of player that I just think he's going to stick around. He's a fringe prospect, but he's just going to stick around on a practice squad with somebody's roster. Um, defensively, John Peterson from San Diego. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching more of him. Of course, 44 career sacks at San Diego. Um and then on the defensive line, there's some some pretty good players on the interior here. Uh, Michael Hill from Ohio State, obviously suspended this past season, didn't play a whole heck of a lot, but I thought he was the strongest-looking player just, you know, uh, pounding the, the, the tackling dummies and going through drills. He's one guy that kind of stood out to me. Uh, Bruce Hector from South Florida, I think, is a underrated player flying under the radar just because, you know, he wasn't asked to rush the quarterback uh, this past year, but he has, I think, like 15 or 18 career sacks from the interior. And then Abdullah Anderson from Bucknell, the Patriot League prospect, trying to get his name out there just because, you know, he's flying way under the radar now. Um, if you've been locked into the NFL dot com, then, you know, we've been, you know, following Ed Shockley and his path to the draft uh, Villanova linebacker. He's out here just quarterbacking the defense, making all the calls, uh, putting his teammates, adjusting the players pre-snap and making sure they're in the right place. And, you know, it's it's he weighed in uh, five foot eleven and five eighths, So, you know, that was good to see. Uh, I know a lot of uh, inaccurate measurements have been out there especially on draft scout had him as like five foot nine so he's he's pretty much six feet tall and i think because of that he has a chance now to get drafted believe it or not and uh that villanova pro day i'm looking forward to it now between him and malik reeves rob roll returning uh i think he did a medical red shirt he's a guy to watch for villanova next year but this villanova pro day is going to be interesting and then uh you know secondary guys jaleel Wadud. i know we've spoken about him he's probably the most spruce you know he's out here jumping around like a chicken uh he's got one of the most high energy personalities on the field i just wonder about his size you know i I just question how he's going to hold up over the course of an nfl season that's my concerns there and Uh, you know, last guy for you, last, but certainly not least, as I stated in my video, that'll be coming out, uh, on the recap show, you know, Perry Nickerson, Tulane, not to keep echoing the same thoughts on previous shows, but again, just a player that has all the characteristics that you look for in a starting cornerback. I believe he's the top prospect in this event. So, uh, with that being said, Justin, Joe, any thoughts on those guys?
0: I like Jaleel I'm Wadud. i glad too, looking good. Um, oh, sorry.
2: No, go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead. Justin.
0: I'll start us off. I'll start us off. Jaleel dude? I- I'm with you, Rick. I-, I like his athleticism, his feistiness he hits, but I don't know if he has the size to really be a safety, The you know, a full season in the NFL. He might end up being more of a nickel corner, uh, maybe kind of a package type where they limit his snaps, but he definitely has a spot on the on the, on the NFL NFL roster kind of like LaMarcus Joyner um, who actually has you know developed into a starter in a full-time role but while dude I think will have to be that guy that proves himself maybe he has to have some special cover skills or kind of show off one specific thing that gets him on the field and then he can kind of evolve from there but his size is definitely the most concerning
1: part of his game. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad that uh, not only Perry Nickerson looking good, but um, you know just a lot of the players we talked about seem to be trending towards uh, what they're supposed to be doing. The question I have: uh, there's a Washington safety out there, and I was just looking at the weigh-ins, uh, Ezekiel Turner. I guess he's like six one plus two hundred ten pounds. Uh, how is that guy looking out there? And then like, there's just a couple of safeties like Turner, and then. Uh, our guy we talked about last week, Chandler. I guess that's why probably why Hops, Hopsman's there to uh, check out his boy from Temple. But, yeah, what's Turner looking like? What's Chandler looking like? What about those safeties? You know, the
2: safeties, I think, is an area I'm going to have to get into more today. I haven't had a chance. You know, so much stuff going on, they kind of split up the field and take four corners. Um, so I really, you know, can't give you an honest assessment off the top of my head, but, uh you know, uh, everything's a blur. You know, i got to go back and check out those measurements myself because I haven't even had a chance to look at them. So that's that's something I don't even know, Joe, so I appreciate that. And, then you know, just, you know, I was looking at some other notes that I have here uh, while you guys were talking. So it looks like, you know, the reason why I don't have any notes on Luis Perez, I don't think he's here. Uh, in fact, I think Danny Etling is, is the guy I have notes on, and he got the call up. He played in the Tropic Bowl last week. And just another guy, you know, a weird frame. Uh, just his body is not very well proportioned. I hate to say it. It's just, he does not look like a quarterback and nor does his throws. Uh, they're just wobbly off the mark and, you know, not, not on the money. So, uh, Danny Etling, I hate to do it to you, but I'm sticking a fork in you. I know your agent is Joe Linta, same agent as Joe Flacco, but you know, he has his work cut out representing you, sir. Ooh.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> the other guy uh, that I spoke to this week that I was really excited to spend some time with uh, shout out to Reggie McKenzie. You know, I, I spoke to him for about 10 minutes and just talking Raiders football and, and John Gruden's approach. And um, he is one of 14 NFL general managers making the journey out here to uh, Pasadena during the, the NFL PA bowl week. So, you know, that's just a little taste of uh, the NFLPA content that's on the way. So I'm glad we we were able to do this show and at least get some analysis out there. And, and we'll try to, you know, tweet blast this to the masses. But, uh, you know, again, a lot of great content to come. Uh, two practices in the books. I'll be here for another two days worth of practices thanks to the snow in uh, New Jersey, and and shout out to United Airlines, man. Uh, you know, switching my flight. No, you know, no additional cost. They could have threw in a free upgrade, but I'm not complaining. I'm out here in uh, beautiful weather, so. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're just gonna have more and more analysis. I'm just going through. Uh, Darius Jackson, Jackson's little State, thrown uh, showing some quick burst on the edge and in, in the one on ones and. Uh, there's one other player here that really jumped out to me that I wanted to uh, tell you guys about. Well, look, here's more here's more notes. J- uh, Joseph Zima, a punter from Incarnate Ward. I mean, this guy's booming him. Uh, Colorado State running back, Dalen Dawkins. Justin, you mentioned him uh, last week. He's He actually had the best day of any running back yesterday, I thought. Um, Martez C- Carter is a guy I want to study more, as is uh, Quentin Poling. From Ohio, a guy I haven't really been able to get a good look on. Um, Davon Grayson from ECU, the wide receiver, has been getting a lot of love uh, from NFL teams in the interview process. And there's also a linebacker here from Illinois, gentlemen. Um, I spoke to him yesterday. Uh, he already met with uh, James Crawford. You know, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this player but he met with 25 teams already in the first two days. So he is getting the call, which means, you know, there's wow. a significant interest around this player. And in fact, I won't say which team, uh, one team in the NFC North likes him a lot. So uh, I think he has a legitimate shot of being drafted. So, you know, just uh, you know, so a lot of notes here in my notebook. Hopefully I can get them up on the website sooner rather than later. And uh, exciting times here. And uh, like I said, You know, Chris, he said if he didn't make the show today that we were going to try and do an all-star recap show, so maybe we'll do uh, another show just talking about the East-West Shrine game and the NFL PA game. Of course, Joe will be down in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, Um, and then we're going to be off to Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine. So there you have it. I mean, uh, guys, before we wrap it up here, um, a lot of interesting coaching moves going on around the league and uh it's funny as i I, as i do the show uh you know one bleacher is over to me is the large browns contingency they're they're in a herd about eight or nine of them and it was just uh interesting to see the dynamic between elliot wolf and uh alonzo highsmith jr you know they're bringing in ben mcadoo for uh to interview for that offensive coordinator job and and uh I think the Browns, believe it or not, it, it, it sounds crazy to say, they might finally be on their way to, to adding some stability to this organization. It starts up top in the front office, and, hey, if they can get a quarterback, players are going to start to want to go play for Cleveland. Uh, any thoughts there, Joe?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's it, it all starts there. I mean, you got to get that quarterback solved, and that's the one – decision they refuse to make year after year so let's see if they make it but uh, you got to figure it's it's the time has come it's such a a deep a strong quarterback class they've got those two picks one of those has to be there and we can finally get these wheels rolling but uh, yeah of of all those people they brought in the building though I'm not huge fans the one guy I do hold out hope for is uh, Elliot Wolf. man that's got to be that's got to be the move, right, Ron Wolf's kid, and uh, really, he's also got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, having to leave that Packers building, and the fact that he didn't get that job. Where the Gundakuts uh, sweeps in, and uh, basically, that's uh, that's the seat that was waiting for him. Uh, I think that's that's got to be in the back of Elliot Wolf's mind. So, you know, there's uh, something to prove there for sure. So, I hope for the best for the for the. Uh, for the Browns, but of, of the teams that made coaching changes, man, look out, Chicago. I think bringing mm. in Nagy, keeping Vic Fangio, what a nice little mix. They're basically copying the Rams formula of you take care of the defense, Vic, like uh, Wade did. I'm I'm the new McVay. I'm Matt Nagy. We're bringing in Helfrich. We're going to spread it around. College offense in the windy city of Chicago, that's, that's going to be something to see there. So, yeah, I'm Tons of changes, and really, man, guys, the dominoes are just set up in the NFL as far as coaches, uh, new hirings, what's going on. It's like, yeah, this a lot is about to go down, and a lot is going down in the NFL.
2: Well, yeah, you know, hey, that's the approach that Jim Harbaugh took. You know, Vic Fangio was his guy when he came to the 49ers, uh, you know, approach taken oh. with Matt Nagy. And uh, on a college side note, how about – Interesting, Lane Kiffin hiring 24-year-old Charlie Weiss Jr. as his offensive coordinator. Uh, that, that raised my eyebrows a little bit there. Yeah. So, um, Justin, you know, listen, some interesting developments. Even Matt Rule came in and, and interviewed for that Colts job. You know, Josh McDaniels, they're saying, some are saying the Colts, some are saying the Titans. Uh, Matt Patricia, it sounds like, is choosing the Lions over the Giants, the Giants settling. For Pat Shermer, their third choice, wow, how the mighty have fallen. And now there's even talk that Steve Spagnuolo is going to stay on as defensive coordinator, just kind of watching over his shoulder.
0: Dude, I can't even keep up with all the coaching moves right now. Um, and and I, the, the one I'm most curious about is McDaniels. I think he's so highly touted by everybody, but we have to remember he's got this you know, really complex, insane offense that only works because he's got... I mean, it doesn't only work because of Brady, but he's he's working with Brady, who is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, who's one of the best minds at quarterback all time. What is he going to do when he gets either a young kid or a quarterback that's not nearly as cerebral and, you know, on that level as Brady? He's really... Can Josh McDaniels dumb it down and be content with that? I just think it's like, you know... We're expecting him to be magic no matter where he goes, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. Maybe if he gets luck in Indianapolis, you know, it'll continue. But if he gets any other quarterback, what, how is his offense going to look? What's he going to, what's he going to expect of his offense and his quarterbacks? I mean, that's what I'm really interested to see where he goes. Same with Matt Patricia. Um, the whole, you know, Patriot staff is just so interesting because they've had it with Belichick. They've had it with, you know, Brady, and I, it, I'm just – I don't know if those guys are those guys when they go somewhere else, when they leave Belichick. I'm I'm really interested to see. Yeah, and I think the linebacker coach,
2: too, is even in consideration for the uh, Cardinals had coaching job. So there could be a max, mass exodus in New England with that coaching staff. And got to wonder with that recent report, I mean, say what you want, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, the mass exodus of coaches departing, the – the frayed relationship between Belichick and Brady, what's going to happen. It's going to be an interesting off season to say the least. Um, You know, guys, we're down now to the final four of the NFL. So last question for you guys, I guess, before we wrap up this jam packed show and what a show it was Uh, sitting here with the final four, I guess we should do some Super Bowl predictions, uh, Joe. I mean, who do you like to go, to the Big Show, I, we we do know this for sure, either Keith, Case Keenum or Nick Foles is going to be quarterbacking in the Super Bowl, and I don't think there's anybody walking the planet right now that would have told us that at the beginning of
1: the season. <laughs> no, no, and they got to be sitting there. You know, Jeff Fisher can't hurt us anymore. Uh, that's, that's one thing we know. It's just what amazes me about this whole playoffs run, the Patriots get to tee off against Marcus Mariota. Blake Bortles, and potentially Nick Foles or Case Keenum. You're going to tell me Bill the chick can't scheme against them three. Uh, it, <laughs> it just seems to me like uh, he's Mr. Burns from the Simpsons, tapping his fingers, saying excellent. Uh, so I'm going past. Um, and then on the other side, I believe the Vikings that happened, the miracle in Minneapolis didn't happen by accident. This is a destined team. Sorry, Eagles fans. And it's just infor- like how many times can Nick Foles throw off a deflection for a first down, or oh, I'm going to fumble for a would-be touchdown, and just so many mistakes. The first pass of that game was a, a wobbling sideways duck that gets bailed out by pass interference. Like, man, I don't see that happen against Mike Zimmer's defense, and those those guys, like that front seven is so good, and, and yes, the Eagles beat, it, beat them up last week, but like they're not going to do that against Anthony Barr and Kendricks and, and all those guys. I, I just, um, yeah, Zimmer's going to make the Eagles offense one-handed. They're going to force Fools into making third down, converting and moving the sticks, and he can't. So uh, I, I got the Vikings hosting the, their very first, the, the only team to host the Super Bowl, I'm, and I'm going Vikings. Uh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm going with my heart, not my brain. I just, uh, yes, the Belichick looks strong, and he's probably, you know, the the, the smart money, but uh, something tells me this is all happening for a reason. I believe in Mike Zimmer. I honestly think he's one of the best coaches in the entire game. Uh, the, the fundamentals, the discipline. It's not just this roster being great. And yes, Spielman's put together a great crew, but man, that whole coaching staff—they all do it right. They all uh, and they do it respectful, too. You don't see those guys up in people's faces, shouting and screaming like the Jaguars. They've been there before, and uh, this team—they're going to show why. I think. Uh, yeah, I got the Vikings. Uh, doing it now, and if uh, you want to get a future bet in now, now would be the time to get Mm -hmm. your plus money on the NFC side. Just putting that out there. There (laughs) you go.
2: Bang the Books podcast. You can catch Joe with more of that show. Uh, Yeah, I hey, Case Keenum, the modern-day Rich Gannon over here, and that Zimmer defense is as good as, you know, I, I mean... Are they that far behind the Baltimore and Tampa Bay and Chicago defenses? I guess that remains to be seen. But they have a chance to write some history here. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on a Super Bowl prediction?
0: I think I'm with Joe. I think the Pats make it to the Super Bowl. You know, I think Jaguars just haven't been there. They're inexperienced. Belichick's going to work his magic against Bortles. I mean, that defense can keep him in check. And, then you know, Brady's going to score enough points. We just saw what the uh, – Steelers put up 42 on um, the Jags, and you know I think Brady and those guys are going to work over these young kids. Yeah, they're talented, but they're going to they're beat the Jaguars. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, or on the other side of the um, NFL, I worry about the Vikings' offensive line, because they got, they got worse a little bit last week. Uh, I think the Eagles might be able to put enough pressure on them all game to limit Keenum and limit his arm. That's already limited. and You know, kind of work them over. I think the Eagles take Minnesota down, and that's that's not what my heart says. That's what my head says. I I really think, unfortunately, that's what happened. Uh, And then I'm not betting against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl ever again. I really think the Pats take this one. I think, you know, the quarterbacks that they're facing and the inability of those guys to really threaten the Patriots defense and put Brady behind all game is going to hurt any team going against the Pats. So I can't bet against Belichick. He's a genius, and Brady is the GOAT, man. And he wears Ugg boots, and that's amazing. So, uh, you know, Pats all the way, dude. Unfortunately, once again, Pats are going to take the Super Bowl.
2: Well, we got some split decisions here, and, you know, I'm going to go Patriots-Vikings. I think the uh, Patriots have one more in them, unfortunately. I hate to say it and see it, but I think they pull out one more, and I think this is the last of the dynasty. I think the Roman Empire is about to crumble here after this year. So, um There you have it for a jam-packed show, man. It's like can't stop, won't stop over here. The sun is coming up in California. I'm the jerk that didn't pack a pair of shorts. And, uh, you know, here we are just, you know, 13 weeks away from the 2018 NFL draft. (laughs) Lots of good content coming out. Hey, keep a lookout for uh, my FCS analysis uh, coming out on Fox Sports. Shout out to Craig Haley over there at FCS stats is, is doing a mini series on some prospects and uh, that'll be coming out, you know, over the next couple of weeks on Fox sports. We have uh, Joe Alessio from uh, Lombardi Avenue. Hit me up the former CBS sports radio producer now with Lombardi Avenue. Uh, got a bunch of great analysis out to him last week on some players. So you'll be seeing that coming out on the uh, Twitterverse at NFL draft Bible. Of course, our directors of college football scouting, Joe W. Everett, on Twitter, never leaving a stone unturned. And uh, over here at the NFL PA, they're coming at me, Justin Gamble at Gam Scout, dropping a hammer on them. And uh, of course, you know me, RIC, and the place to be. Rick Saratella, telling like it is when it comes to the NFL Draft since 2002. It's what we do, baby. Uh, NFLDraftBible.com. If you don't know now, you know. And gentlemen. Until the next time, everybody, I appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.